a post-football game tailgate and you've just got bags and bags of trash. And we don't. And a lot of that is the plates and the packaging. So we, it's one of the things we really, as a department, there were opportunities to talk with people as they came through our home uh, with cadets who come over and we'll talk, you know, they'll come in with a big, I don't know, big Starbucks paper cup or something. And we're like, hey, you know, you, you actually, you can use one of these and it's like a reusable one. And like, oh, I didn't know that. It gets us on topic and talking about it. And if, of course, if our high school age daughters are, she'll jump right in and she loves to talk with cadets about this and the environment. And, um, you know, a lot of them just don't think about it. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community, undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. A lot of people say, Josh, easy for you to act on the environment. You don't have kids. First, I could point to former guest of this podcast, B. Johnson, who with her husband and two sons, produce less than a mason jar of trash per year, whom I see as role models and I aspire to follow. I could point out former guest Jim Harshaw, who immediately on starting his project here, found that his four children and wife loved the process and it brought them together as a team-building, problem-solving effort. Now I can point out Colonel Mark Reed, whom you're about to hear talking about joy, fun, and bringing his family together, and not in small ways, in really big things, as you'll hear. He finds ways to connect across generations that his daughters and sons really like, which he then brings to his West Point cadets. I make things work for my life because that's my life. I don't try to make my life work for someone else's life. If I lived your life, I'd probably make it work with kids too. You can too. Family is only one aspect I could focus on with Colonel Reed's results. Anyway, once you find emotional reward in something, results are just a matter of time. I had no idea when I started out, throwing out roughly one garbage bag per week, that I would reach the level of taking 16 months to fill a load of garbage. I could not have seen that. But looking back, I found that once I started, results like that were inevitable. Because once it's fun, delicious, and rewarding, as it was for me, you just keep doing it. So let's hear Mark's experience reducing waste with his family. And you tell me if you think they're done or just starting. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. I'm here with Colonel Mark Reed here at West Point. How are you doing? Great. Great. I just want to make sure I'm clear. Everything we're going to talk about are my own personal views and, and not necessarily the views of the Army or West Point or the government. It's a beautiful rainy day in the Hudson Valley. It's a beautiful, it's, it is beautiful. I mean, it's stunningly beautiful here. And uh, as I mentioned, I walked here, it's like a warm winter day, but rainy. So you've been, since last we spoke, we, we spoke before we started the recording and you seemed very uh, chipper. You seem very like enthusiastic. And I think you want to talk about stuff with your family. So do you mind reviewing for the listeners? What, what did you commit to since the last time we spoke? And, and then how did things go? Sure. So, I had committed to reducing the amount of garbage that our family produces. And I honestly, I can't even remember if I said a specific, like I wanted to reduce it by a certain percentage. I think I said, I'd just have a goal of reducing the amount of, of waste that goes out in our garbage can every week. We have a weekly pickup here 
have a family of five or six, depending. We have one in college. So uh, we have lots of people over. So there's, you know, we have a lot of cadets come over to our house. We live right here on the, on the, on the base. Um, so we have, uh, you know, probably dozens to more cadets. We do a lot of entertaining. So lots of people. And New Year's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The holidays. So that was interesting. I'll talk a little bit about that. So, you know, that was, we ha- have the holidays in our rear view mirror right now with, with, you know, a lot of visitors and, and folks, but uh, I'd committed to reducing the amount of, of garbage that we sent out to the landfill uh, from our house every week. Okay, now we're all at the edge of our seats. Yeah, so, how, how did it go? Like, what's the play-by-play? No, so so I, you know, again, this is very unscientific. As a scientist, you know, I kind of I feel kind of kind of dirty actually, like not being very precise with, you know, measuring. If I really had wanted to do this right, I would have, you know, had my before and measured the, the by, by probably by mass, you know, the amount. But so this is a very I, I use bags of garbage as my unit of measure. Uh-huh. Um, so it's very unprecise, imprecise. But 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 I think system or no, I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, these are standard kitchen garbage bags, right? So, so, and again, this is estimate. So I, I think in the past before we committed to this, so I'd say early fall last summer, probably for, you know, years prior to that, uh, you know, we, we, we would produce, I would say on average of two to three garbage bags, plus some extra stuff a week. We, and then we also, we do recycle here, have a sort of a mixed recycling, pretty, pretty broad number or broad spectrum of, of recyclables that we can recycle here. So I, I didn't touch the recycling. We continue to recycle. We were talking about the re- reduce, reuse, recycle. Uh, so really, this this didn't focus on the recycle part. This focuses on on mainly on the reduce and the reuse in terms of of what we consume as a family. And so before I, I think before this, we took on this challenge about two to three garbage bags a week. And I estimate now we're down to just over one a week. So so we've gone. I, I would say some weeks it's one. Some weeks it's, if we have a lot of folks in the house, you know, during the holidays, a lot of, you know, this family and whatever, we, we maybe had a couple of weeks where we were at two that we sent out, but, but other weeks it's kind of a, a less than a, a garbage bag and a half. So, and, but we're continuing to find ways it's not, so we're not like, okay, we're there. We, we reduced We're we're continuing to challenge ourselves and the kids are really excited about this too. So especially my high school age daughter, she's really She's kind of leading the charge on some of this and really innovative ways to 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 purchase things in bulk and and do some things that have have really actually pretty significantly reduced the volume of waste that we that we produce. Now there's a lot of new things that you're talking about but it feels it feels like it's caught on so quickly and so rapidly as you describe it that were you doing any of these things before did this unleash something that was there that was latent? A little bit of both. So, so we, we were doing, she had, and I, I don't know what really inspired her. She, she watched some, some Netflix documentaries and, and she's, she's As take, a result of this or she was watching No, and even before this, uh-huh. she's taking AP environmental science this year. So it's a topic that they talk about in, in that particular high school class she's taking. And so she was already sort of leaning forward on some of this, say, let's, let's reduce the amount of mainly in, in, in the food that we eat, you know, let's reduce the amount of packaging. Let's, she got really interested in our carbon footprint and and some things that that you know that I actually I've, I've taught about I, and I teach about it, but you know probably perhaps wasn't practicing it as as much as I as I am glad I'm trying to now. So some of it was previous, but then I think this challenge added sort of hey let's let's really get real about this and let's see what we can do as a family and have fun with it at the same time. It sounds like like activated or unleashed or maybe liberated. Do any of those words? I think activated. I would say to activated. It activated us as a family to. There's sort of a, a challenge, right? So um, there's some innovation that goes with this. 
there's um, some accountability. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of, I think the next piece of it is, okay, as we've had people through our home and we talk about, hey, you know, no, actually we're not going to, don't bring paper plates. We've got, we've got our own, you know, ceramic plates or you know, porcelain plates that we're going to use. And I mean, we, for um, just an example, I, I have this, this old box of China from my grandmother that we've had, we've, we've moved it around. We move a lot in the military and we've moved it around for the 26 years that my wife and I have been married, we've moved my grandmother's China. Is it the box that never gets reopened? Kind of. Yeah. It's one of those boxes that sits in the basement and it never, well, we finally decided, Hey, we're going to, in the job that I'm in the location room, we do, we do, we have a lot of people in our home. So we actually, we had a, a pretty big new year's reception and, and Jen, Jen has unpacked that finally and put it in a place where it's accessible. And we use sort of this mix and match of, we use, you know, Nana's China and we used, you know, and we didn't use any, we didn't use any disposable, nothing. It was, it was, it was fun. It was great. And people were like, oh, this is really cool China. I'm like, yeah, there's a story behind it. Right. So it was, yeah, it was just kind of fun. That is kind of funny to not use beautiful heirloom stuff in favor of disposable. It's ironic, isn't it? It's kind of leaving a different heirloom for our kids Yeah. when we use disposable stuff. Yeah. It's like we're leaving them a little, yeah. ugh. And, uh, you know, you said something earlier that you said we committed to this. I forget exactly. There's a we. And now you committed to it. <laughs> that doesn't mean everyone else did. Yeah. Although I, if I remember right, last time I did meet your wife just after we recorded. You I'll did, yeah. Let the record show that you, you brought me to see Ruth Bader Ginsburg last time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That Boy, was, was that it. Wow. She is spark plug. She's, that was amazing. Yeah. And, and what a treat to see her now, because I mean, who knows how long she's going to be able to travel. I mean, she's already, even since we spoke, she's had some, you know, medical issues and yeah. So. Well, I remember when the general, I believe it was a general who was doing the fireside chat with her mm-hmm. on the stage and she asked her something and there was, I forget what she asked. And there was this pause and I thought, oh no, this is like a, an old woman and she's going to be really like, and like this, gonna I'm gonna get hit with like this is who's representing or you know doing this major role for our country. Yeah. And then she started off with, "Oh, what was that joke?" She it was so funny. She nailed I know this exactly thing about. I can't remember the joke, but she was totally. I, I had the same. It was like this uncomfortable. Yeah. Did she hear the question? Is she going to answer the question? And then she just nailed this joke that yeah. was great. Yeah. It was something about being on a military base in Oklahoma. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, so I met your wife then, but still you committed to it. Now, one of the things I often ask, mainly because for a lot of people, before they do this, before they commit to something, other people are a major impediment because they think, well, what are other, I, lots of things they could think. What are other people going to think? I don't want to bother the barista to get a mug or, you know, it's just easier to do it the old way. Right. And then I find that when people do it, they get, they get responses like you, they engage the other people. Mm-hmm. So how did this affect your relationships with the other people who are involved. You, you hinted at it, but or you, let's hear more if you don't mind. Like I said, I have four kids. My wife and I have four kids. Um, and uh, our oldest is at Penn State. So she she doesn't live at home most of the time, although she was home for a good chunk over the holidays and home also for Thanksgiving because I think we met actually prior to Thanksgiving even. I think it was. So so she's been home a couple times since. And she's absolutely, she's really, she's already doing this and living this. And so it was fun to have her back in the fray, so to speak. And was she like, welcome aboard. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, she's, yeah, yeah. She's just excited to see. So, you know, when you have someone like that, who's away and then they come back, they, they notice the changes a lot more because 
you know, they're, they're, they're not here all the time. And then, you know, some of those more subtle changes. So, so she's excited that we're, we're doing this and she's all about it. Anna, our daughter, who's the, the junior in high school, she's kind of leading the charge on it. Frankly, she's the one that kind of, you know, challenges us and, and brings new ideas. And, and we have some really good debates and discussions around the dinner table. Jen is on board. My wife is on board. Um, easy sell for her. This is not, we lived in Germany and, and in Germany, we learned just how little waste you can produce and it's just not a big deal. And that was, that was over a decade. That was almost two decades ago, actually. It was, it was gosh, 20 years ago. And so, you know, the, the Germans are, are in many ways way ahead of us and have been for a long time. The ones who are sort of, this is kind of new are, are my sons who are 13 and nine respectively. And, you know, it hasn't been a hard sell with them, although, you know, that they're kind of, they're kind of in and out, I guess, you know, that's. Was it something you had to sell or is it something that. I, I didn't No, I didn't have to sell it. I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of threw it out as, Hey, there's this, I mentioned you and Jen had met you and, and I said, we're going to, we're going to try this challenge and, and it's, um, and let's have fun with it and let's see what we can do with it. And it wasn't, I, I mean, I, I didn't get really any pushback, um, within the family. Normally I have a couple of questions I want to ask, but now I have a personal question of, a lot of people say, all right, Josh, it took you 16 months to get to fill up a load of garbage. You don't have kids. And so I point out B Johnson, who is a guest on this podcast, and she's she's been doing this for longer than I have. And she and her family of four, her husband and two sons, they produce the garbage fits in like a mason jar for a year. She's a role model for me, but I can't speak from experience on a household of more than just me. So what can I say to people when they say, Oh, well, you don't have kids. If if you have kids, there's nothing you can do. It's going to be a lot of garbage. Yeah, I mean, I just I understand that, and I think so. With with us, it's not just kids; it's it's all the other people. We have a lot of people through our home, and and they're in there often eating and you know doing things, in, or sometimes they bring food in and entertaining things like that. But I still think you can make it fun, challenging, interesting, and 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 I guess part of what we've done, and I really haven't talked much about it, but. And I, I rely on my my daughter, who's a budding environmental scientist, right? To, hey, what's some of the science behind this? And she'll sometimes she'll pull up part of a documentary and go, look, you know, this is this is what's happening to some of this plastic that is making its way into our waterways and our oceans. And and so then, you know, it's not just dad saying, hey, we're going to do this because we're going to do it. It's hey, here's kind of the reason why. And then the boys kind of, you know, that they're like, oh, wow, okay, wow, that kind of makes sense. I, all right, I see now, Anna, why you don't, why you won't accept straws anymore. It's not just this fad. It's like there's, you know, there's some science behind it. And there's, and oh, by the way, there's, there are some alternatives that they're really not hard. They're, they're kind of almost, you know, just good sense, right? Your response is, is I describe it as like that's leadership talk mm -hmm. of involving other people. And because what you talked about was not, what they did, there was what you did, but what they did, but also the the emotions, the motivations, and if you work on those, that's what that's what motivates people. People are motivated by, the, by their motivations, and telling people what to do isn't as engaging nearly as much. What I heard was how it involved your family was. It was fun. It was engaging. It was people like interacting with each other, and that's now that I'm thinking. When someone says, oh, you couldn't do it because you don't know what you're talking about, or it, it, what you say doesn't apply because we have a family, I'm like, I think I would say, well, it can be fun. So independent of how much you reduce, it's fun. If it's fun, why not do it? Well, and, and not only fun, but I, I guess to get at the leadership piece, whether you're talking a family or an office or 
you know, a, a group of coworkers somewhere. So I mentioned part of what I've done in, in the family is everyone kind of has a, not everyone, but there's different roles, right? Like, like my daughter, my high school daughter has sort of taken on the, Hey, I'm, I'm sort of the innovator. I'm going to, and, and I'm the one who's sort of into the science of this and, and that's great. And, you know, I don't have time to, to really do that. It's right in the lane with a class she happens to be taking at school. And, and the boys have certain chores where, you know, they can, they can help hold us accountable on, on, you know, whether it's taking out the trash or what we're putting into the trash or, you know, so involving everyone sort of from a different perspective and having a different role in it. And, and I think that does help make it fun. And it, there's an ownership piece there, I guess. So, Yeah, I can't help but think as a uh, project-based learning professor, teacher, when I hear of a student getting into this, I think, oh, man, I'd want to give that person, I'd want to, like, do what it takes to form, help them form a project. Because it feels like the sort of thing that would, like, look really good on college, college applications. Like, <laughs> you know, we did this thing at home, and then I applied it to my school and transform something. And then, then the Ivy League is like, well, that's better than just AP scores. Actually, it reminds me that there's, uh, there's a group I, I volunteer with generation 180 and they had this project to put solar on schools. And so I was going around to New York city public schools to see about getting solar put on their schools. And so generation 180 provides a lot of support. So they provided, and then the head of it, the guy who found it was a guest on here, Sandy Reisky. And, oh yeah, I had this presentation about this student at a school and it was like the school was going really slow about getting solar installed on in their, on their school. So he took it on himself. They designed some letterhead that looked like official school, but it wasn't. So it wasn't like he wasn't misrepresenting anything. It just looked, if he didn't check, it would look like it was from that school. And he got a bunch of bids and then he got all the way up to it happening. Like he got the, he got which one was going to do it and how much it was going to cost and all that sort of stuff. And he ended up graduating and his little sister ended up finishing the project and they got solar on that school. And they keep talking about how much money you save and how much blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like the hard and facts, hard and fast facts. Sure. And I said, this kid, when he went to college, where did he go? And I said, Stanford. I was like, was that part of the, him getting in? They're like, yeah. I was like, I don't know what parents value and what schools value. I mean, I'm not one, so I, I can't say, but I think that they value the kid getting to Stanford. I feel like that's the big, that's the selling point is like, if you, do this, if you go through this process and some of the kids are a part of it, you give them a role in this. And I think we all know we need a lot of leadership in the area of the environment. There's like plenty of leadership opportunities around because basically, as far as I can tell, there's no one doing it. No one who's living by their values and, and sharing this. And the opportunities are tremendous. I look forward to your daughter getting to Stanford as a result of something here. Well, you know, so she's taken this to a level where she's, she's, is very entrepreneurial. She's, she's passionate about the environment and, and she's actually reducing as part of that. And for just not any specific health issues she has, but health in general, she's reducing the amount of, of meat that she's eating. And, but she's interested, she's looking actually is there some way to apply these interests of mine to a future career? So, um, so she is, and I, I don't know if it's Stanford, but you know, she is looking for ways that she can pursue this interest. That's more than an interest. I'd say it's growing into a passion for her into her college years and beyond. So, yeah. And I'm we'll getting see. way off topic for the podcasts, but because I advise so many students who come to me for my classes, uh -huh. they're college students, but you know, when they talk about for my future career, I think, now, like you don't have to wait for some future career because I dislike about school 
about as the institution, how's it, how, how it's institutionalized here now is that people think there's like commencement is when life commences, mm-hmm. but it's now. That's why my students are like one of my students for a project to begin in his class, in my class, he was, he gave a TEDx talk before graduation. There's no need to wait. And in fact, with all these recommend, with all the IPCC stuff coming out, it's like waiting until a few years from now, it's like half the time they say we have to wait. Whereas if she makes a difference now, she could make a, there's a um, young girl in, in Sweden right now, uh, Greta. Look up Greta. Okay. Greta of Sweden. I forget the last name. And okay. then one of my guests on the podcast who's Swedish told me about her like before she got really big and she's, she's protesting, like she's not going to school sometimes because she's like, you, your generation messed up my world and that voice is making a difference uh-huh. and who knows what other opportunities are. Cause as someone who's <laughs> promoting my podcast, I can't compete with like 14 year old girls putting on makeup on YouTube and like they get 14 million views. Yeah. Remarkable. But that's, I don't know. It feels like this opportunity is there sure. now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I talked about relationships within your family and there's all these people visiting. How did things happen? How did people feel when they were there? Okay. So they saw the China. That's one thing. Yeah. So I would tell you uh, many people who, who, if they're just passing through, they're not sort of regular, you know, they're just kind of there for an event and gone, you know, they, they may or may not even notice it. And, and we don't make it a point to bring it up. It's not, we don't want to sound like, Hey, look what we're doing. You know, it's, we don't want to be prideful about it at all. And, uh, but plenty of people, we do have an opportunity, um, to like, oh, this is nice China. Well, you know, here's actually a reason why we're using it. There are many reasons why. And and um, actually after the New Year's reception, it was mainly people from my department here. And and we actually, we are, there are 13 academic departments here. And one of the things we do pride ourselves as a department is that that we do, we own a set of reusable flatware and dishes and things that we use for, for social events, for tailgates in the fall football season, for and we actually use some of those at this reception as well. And and we always kind of, it's kind of this little challenge that we have as a department that, that like, well, how little waste can we pretty often after a tailgate, you know, 40, 50 people at a, a post football game tailgate and you've just got bags and bags of trash and, you know, and, and we, and we don't. And a lot of that is, is the, the plates and the packaging. So we, it's one of the things we really, you know, as a department uh, here, we, we, so, but some people aren't familiar with that. And so, there were opportunities to talk with people as they came through our home uh, with cadets um, who come over and, and Hey, you know, we'll talk, you know, they'll come in with a big, I don't know, big Starbucks cup, you know, uh, you know, paper cup or something. And we're like, Hey, you know, you, you actually, you can use one of these and it's like a reusable one. And, you know, so, um, like, Oh, I didn't know that. And, and it kind of gets us on topic and talking about it. And if, of course, if our high school age daughters are, she'll jump right in and she loves to talk with cadets about this and, and the environment. And, um, you know, a lot of them just don't think about it. And, and so, yeah, there are definitely, as we've had people through our homes, family, extended family who've been here to visit, we have, I don't know if they'll take the challenge, but they, they didn't think we, at least they didn't at least reveal that they thought we were crazy for doing this. I mean, they seem to be encouraging about it and, and interested. So, you know, it's amazing how you were saying people weren't, they didn't, they weren't aware that they could have done something different. Or they didn't notice that they had a plastic cup. And so many people I talked to, when I talk to them about changing their behavior, say that what they, they want to have an intermediate goal of raising awareness or raising, being more conscious. And over and over again, I find that, and this is like a big kick of mine. If you, if you search my podcast for the, the ones with awareness in the title, as people describe awareness, it's more often a delay tactic 
I think because they realize that if they actually do something, that will raise their awareness way much more than just thinking without doing. Right. And I think that they recognize that when they become aware, that once they become aware, once they act, then they'll become aware that they could have acted earlier and that they were putting it off. And there's guilt or something that comes up inside and they're like, I don't want to feel that. And so they actually don't want awareness. And so when they say they want awareness, they're actually putting it off. And now I'm curious, when you started doing this, did you have any feelings? Was it all... Was there a feeling of like, oh, I could have done this earlier? Oh, crap. That was, I'm, that was a big missed opportunity? Or like, were, were there cycles of emotion? Were there? I wouldn't say there were cycles of emotion. There's certainly a, gosh, why didn't we do some of this earlier? This is really, it's not hard. In fact, in some cases, it's easier and um, it's fun and you know, we feel good about it. You know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person, nor are most of my family, to sort of have great guilt about, you know, the, what we have or haven't done. Sort of, hey, let's move on and look forward and, and let's do this. And let's be glad that we're, hey, we've got this challenge and we're having fun and, and we're making a difference, a small difference, but a difference. And so, no, I wouldn't say it was like sort of this guilty feeling that, that as we are doing and become aware, aware that we're regretful about, you know, I mean, is there, I mean, do I wish I'd done? Yeah, sure I do. But I, I don't really dwell on that. I don't think we really do kind of move forward. Speaking of moving forward, right, so what's, what's next, if anything? I, uh, let me, let's, let's start with some easy ones. Are you going to keep doing this? We are, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah we're, we're all in on this. I mean, this is not a, a short-term challenge. This is a long-term. Hey, let's see if we can continue to bring the volume down. And I think we can. Can you remind me when, okay, you said this is not a short-term. Was it possible that it might have been short-term when you first started? Is it possible that the family didn't buy in? I guess so. I never. I don't think I ever thought of it as short term. I always thought of it. Hey, let's make a change, like a permanent change in the way we consume and the, and the amount of waste that we produce. Are there times when we tick back up? Absolutely. But let's, on average, let's continue to try to bring it down. You know, obviously there's a minimum. I, I don't know what that minimum is. We'll see. I mean, we'll continue to try to reduce. In some ways, I think you know it's well. Our our, our current culture, our, our sort of culture of consumption, make puts up some pretty good barriers to to making it easy, particularly in a... The outside world. Yes, yes. You know, I think in a suburban... This is... What is West Point? It's not really a suburb, but it's kind of, I guess, for, for folks who are in an urban area would think of this as more of a rural slash suburban area. It's, it's In some ways, it's a little bit more challenging. Um, you know, we don't have access to, to markets really close by, you know, and things like that. But I think... I, I do. I think there are barriers coming down. I think awareness as a whole is is ticking up gradually. And so I think it, it will be something we can continue long-term. I don't know if I answered all your questions there. Well, seems like there was one part that I didn't answer. It does feel like it's, it's, it's bigger than you expected. Within your family, it could have been less. And I think even the, I'm reading, tell me if I'm wrong, that pleasantly surprised at how much it's caught on. Like you knew it would catch on by some amount, but this is like more than that. Oh, so anything... Do you plan on expanding it? Is there something more to come? Let me give you a story. This is, it's not really an expansion, but but since we just went through the holidays, this was an example of a way that we really were all like, hey, look, okay, we got, we just, we need to stop doing this. Wrapping paper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy cow. That can, that wrapping paper can, can create lots and lots, like a big volume of waste. And it's not recycled. Most of it's not recyclable. And it's just, and like, you know, you put it on, you use it, it sits there, it looks nice, and then you rip it off. And then so so we've we actually we challenged ourselves over over the holidays and specifically for Christmas to not use wrapping paper. And and we used we used cloth that we can reuse year to year. Um my wow. wife's my wife stitched up some bags, like some gift bags that you, know, you can put things in and 
sort of cinch up and and you know maybe put a smaller tag on or what, or maybe not even put a tag at all and just say hey you know Sarah this is yours or whatever so so that was an area that sort of a very narrowly focused specific area but an area that I know in the past has produced a pretty significant amount of 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 waste for us so Related to the holidays, but anyhow, we'll into the future. Uh, that was your question. I have to give a story to another yeah, story, yeah, yeah. like a little vignette of, I mean, there's plenty of stores like this, but there happens to be a store near me that has like a lot of trinkets. It's like Pokemon type of stuff, like mm-hmm. little, little gift toys. And these are toys, as you described the wrapping paper, these are toys that will probably get a smile for about 30 seconds and probably forced to smile at that. And then will never be played with again. And it will be in a landfill for 500 years or longer. And I feel like we could just save people a lot of, every time I pass by the store, I think 30 seconds to a landfill. We could save everyone a lot of effort if we just put the factory next to a landfill and pump the (laughs) stuff out directly into a landfill and just spent time with people and gave gifts of like, make some dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And just spend time together. So, so I can't say that this was inspired by the challenge. But in some way it was, I mean, so, so my two daughters have really, you know, again, learning about minimalism and, and just not that they're becoming true minimalists, but just trying to reduce the amount of stuff that we, that we buy, that we have, that we need. And so my wife and I thought, well, we love to travel as a family. We really, really enjoy that. Some of our great memories are road trips and things that we've taken. And so this year we thought, well, instead of, you know, for Christmas, instead of getting the kids all gifts, let's make a memory. Let's go as a family somewhere interesting. So we did. So we told the kids, Hey, there's no, you're not getting any gifts from us this Christmas. Mm-hmm. And all of them, except the nine-year-old were fine with that. He, we had to work a little with, with Ben cause he's, you know, Christmas means gifts for him. Mm-hmm. The kids did a gift exchange. So just one, a kind of a secret Santa among the four of them, which was really cool. First year we've tried that. And that was it for, you know, there were some external extended family who, who sent gifts, but Within the family, you know, we we took a trip and spent time together instead of giving each other things that some of which probably would have been 30 seconds to the landfill. So, well, that's what, okay. So you went on the trip. How did the trip go? What was the result? Like, are they, were they glad afterward? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we went to Canada. We went to Quebec city. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's, we absolutely had a fantastic time. It was wonderful. Did you spend more or less money on it? I'm kind of curious if you don't mind sharing, because I want to say less money, more togetherness, more sharing. It's hard to say. I'm, I'm guessing- I, I, so comparable. It, it was comparable. Like, it was like it was 10 com- times more. It wasn't no, 10 times yeah, less. Yeah, I would say it was comparable. Okay. Yeah. There's my, the scientist yeah. in me. It's like, yeah. so within a factor of 10, it's about the same. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was comparable. So was it was a total win? Was there any loss in this? The, the massaging with the young one? None. None. I guarantee if, if you had, if you could call all four of them in here independently and said, Sequester the witnesses. Yeah. Would you trade your trip to, your family trip to Quebec City over Christmas for a bunch of gifts? I can 99.9% guarantee what every one of them would say. Oh, cool. So yeah, they, they, yeah, we had a wonderful time. It was great. It reminds me of, of, um, what I've replaced my flying with is last summer. I started, I started taking sailing lessons and I spent a lot of time on the water and within five miles of home, I haven't worked out the math. I haven't sat down and mapped it out, but I think from my home to, I guess the farthest I can go with the, the sailing club that I belong to, which is like way cheaper than a flight. It's like the whole year worth of sailing. And uh, I, we're allowed to go as far as the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. And we've gone that far. That's as far as I've gone. It's a whole other world. I mean, being on a sailboat, maybe next time you could take the family on a sailboat. It's another world. It's, and it was, it's right on my nose. How many things are right under my nose, but 
you, you talk about how the prevailing culture makes some things difficult. And so you feel like you're swimming upstream a lot of times because someone comes over, they give a gift and you're like, oh, I got to accept it. I got to be nice and so forth. But really, I, I also want to tell them thanks, but no thanks. But that's hard. Yeah, sure. Sometimes. Yeah. The flip side is when you put the effort in, you find out you could have done this all, all along. I could have been sailing so much more and I could have been learning. And it, you, then you learn about tides and you learn about the like sunrise and sun. Well, obviously I know about sunrise and sunset, but I mean, the currents and there's something natural right there. Most cities are in rivers or by bodies of water. And as an astronomer, you know, I know a fair amount about the stars, but then you start picking up more. I mean, we're not navigating by the stars in Hudson, uh, in the Hudson river, the bay, the New York city Harbor. Still there's something to it. There's a lot to it because you're, you're learning about how wind makes sails work and it's not pushing. It's more like a, it's a foil. And, and then you feel it because when you are operating the till and you're uh, trimming the lines, you feel the wind moving the boat and it's very different than what you expect. And you can tell people all about it, but when you feel it and it's plus when I took the lesson, the sailboat is like it, we're healing, which means tipping over mm -hmm. and like water's coming onto the boat. And I'm like, uh Oh, this is really bad. But the boats, that's what the boat is designed to do. Like, that's just me being scared out of inexperience. And then you learn so much. Yeah. And it was always there. It was always there. And You just became aware of it, right? By doing it. Yeah. Back to I awareness. activated it. Yeah. 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 So this was all, I, I interrupted you and we went off on tangents about what's coming next, if anything. I don't know if you plan anything or if things seem on the horizon that weren't in the horizon before. So one of the things that, um, I guess to bring it to work, we've had some challenges. We have a new recycling contract here and just really looking for, and I have some faculty um, who, one of them you met, who they have some some background and skills in the area of, of sustainability. And, and I, I'd like to see um, work. I'd like to see the community get better at it. And I think... Um, there are enough of us here who I think agree that, you know, we have a critical mass of us. We're kind of senior leaders in the community here. And I think, uh, I think we can work on that. You know, the community of West Point could do better in a lot of ways in terms of back to the reduce, reuse, recycle, right? I think we can get smarter, more effective, more efficient, and, and, and probably, probably with not a lot of effort. I think just maybe some redirected efforts. So do I have anything specific in mind? I, I don't for the community, for, for my department here, but, but I certainly am, am, am thinking and looking and have some folks who I'm going to leverage to help do that. You make me think of something. When you talked about the, the garbage at, at, um, at tailgating things, that one of the things, since we last spoke, I was out in LA at the summit. This I call greenwashing, is that they had lots of bottled water available. But it was it was like Jaden Smith, who's um, Will Smith's son, was like involved with some water bottling thing. Except it's like cardboard or something like that. Because I'm not using the stuff. Uh -huh. I don't need bottled water. I need water to live. Right. And in fact, I went to an event and walked past a water fountain, bone dry, because no one's using the water fountain. Wow. And the greenwashing is that they then they talk about how this just water company uses less packaging than others, so they calculate how much packaging they use relative to more packaging. I'm comparing it to relative to zero. Zero packaging. Yeah. They didn't save any yeah. bottles. They didn't yeah. save any packaging. They produced a lot. <laughs> so I'm talking to them. I'm trying to, and they don't realize that like 
talking about sustainability is not the same thing as sustainability because talk is cheap. And so one of the ideas that I have, well, actually I went to a lot of people and I asked them if the next year you, they said, we're not going to provide any cutlery or bottles. And if you want that stuff, bring your own. Would you be more likely, less likely, or neutral about coming next time? No less likelies, a couple neutrals. And everyone else was like, yeah, great. They were like, we're getting all these freebies, all the swag stuff, and it's a lot of garbage. And so one of the things I want to do on the horizon is have one garbage can for the entire event and say all the garbage has to go in here and not fill it up. And that would activate everyone. I like that. Yeah, that's great. Really hard. Yeah. The first year, but maybe the second year, you know, have it like each year. Uh And then I thought, that's kind of challenging. And then I thought, you know what? Summit is, in their world, it's like there's Davos and there's uh, Burning Man and there's Ted and there's a few of these like world-class things. And they're the youngest one and they're kind of still growing, but they're in that group. Imagine they took leadership in this area that basically 7 billion people matters to them and crave, I believe, crave leadership in this area. If they said, we, first of all, if they just said, we put one garbage can out and we said, put everything in there and let's try to keep it down to one. And I predict the first year they're going to fail miserably. Now, fail, but not miserably. Fail in the sense of learning experience. Mm -hmm. Now they're in a leadership position. They're going to be ahead of Davos and they're going to be ahead of Ted and so forth. Certainly ahead of Burning Man. Burning Man, which is like no trace left behind. And like they're burning jet fuel all over the place. And just (laughs) because you can't see the greenhouse gases doesn't mean you didn't produce them. And- I think it's a big leadership opportunity for them to take a leadership role sure. that everyone's abdicating. And so you start talking about you have less garbage. And I, it feels to me like that's something to point out. Like this is our one garbage can and we plan not to fill it so that everyone can see. Other people are going to be like, oh, crap, ours is producing a lot of garbage. What are they doing that we could do? And then you'd have a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know the context and so forth, but it, it, you, you mentioned that made me think of this other thing. Uh-huh. Oh man. And then they do this, the summit, they have this, uh, first of all, compared to most, I've been to a lot of trade shows and things like that. Of course, they're way far ahead of most, but most other places aren't claiming that they're that far ahead. Right. So there's the will and they've gotten somewhere, but there's lots of, lots of potential left. Oh yeah. So they have this summit powder mountain. They somehow got a hold of some land in Colorado, Utah. Utah, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make it very a sustainable ski resort. Okay. Like, I can buy that. I just got this email from them and they're like, largest heliport, largest heli skiing operation in the world. I'm like, it's pretty tough to make heli skiing sustainable. That's a stretch. And, yeah. And, yeah, that's a stretch. And, and now I'm going to go way off tangent, but I think that when people see someone saying, I'm sustainable and they're doing that, everybody says, that's not sustainable. I'm not, I don't have to do it either. I think it's just, it's, it's like anyone who tries to take on a leadership role and does not live consistently with the values that they espouse, especially if they're telling other people what to do. And if they get sanctimonious about it, it's over. Mm-hmm. I hope I don't, I hope people aren't listening to this meeting like, Josh, you're sanctimonious. Cause I don't, I don't know how I sound to other people, but maybe I'm describing myself. I hope if I am, please write into me. Yeah. Call me out. Right. Call me out, and, yeah. and I tell that to my, to the folks who I work with. I tell that, I tell that to my family, my wife and kids. I mean, if, they know the values that I live by. And if you see me violating those, I mean, sometimes we're aware we do it intentionally or, you know, we, we think we might not get caught. 
Uh, sometimes it's unintentional, but, but but that's and that's why teams are great, right? That you have people who who you give the permission to sort of call you out in, in a gentle sort of you know loving way, generally, uh, especially among family. But yeah, let's hold each other accountable. And 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 if you see me doing something that you know is contrary to my values, then say something to me. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodak.com/podcast to hear other interviews but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. Leadership, I think, as a kid growing up, I I didn't want accountability and I didn't want responsibility. And maturity, the biggest part of maturity for me is taking responsibility and taking and wanting accountability on the things that matter to me. I can't do some of the things I used to do and have to do some things I didn't like to do. And everyone's free to live how they want. But for me, that's better to take, to consider how my actions affect others. I'm kind of curious. Do you want to go for another one, another commitment to revisit another time? Can I take the same one and, and take it to a lower level? Like continue on this glide path, like a new a new goal. Yeah, lower meaning more details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's. Um, I can think of a couple of things. So I want to continue to reduce the volume of of waste. That we uh, that's the lower that you mean. Is to yeah, bring yeah, yeah. It down bring to that the lower right. Weight. Exactly, exactly. So, so I want to I want to get down to a bag or less, and I might actually start weighing it. We'll see. I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. Oh, and now I have to. Interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. You said earlier about not being scientific with the, like not weighing. Yeah, and a big barrier to science is that people think it has to be super numeric. You have to have a white lab coat. This is science to me. Sure. And science in, in, in the sense of like appreciating nature and involving yourself in nature and studying nature. And if it's casual, it's still scientific. Like I think, I think some of the great scientists in history, if they were alive today, this is what they'd be working on. It wouldn't be like measuring stuff in a lab. It would be like, what do we got to do? Well, and there's an element of social science in it too, right? I, and, oh, and yeah. that's, I mean, it's, you know, it's almost what we're talking about here. So so kind of an intersection of science and social science. And well, social science is science, right? I'm a social scientist myself. So, so sorry to interrupt. And uh, okay, so you're talking about getting lower. Yeah, so, so continue to reduce the volume of, of waste. Something else that I guess, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with that, but with us um, reducing the amount of food waste that we, and you and I were talking about this earlier about food waste and stores that just like put out boxes of food. Yeah, I'm going to share this. Yeah, yeah. So before we started recording, I was telling telling you about how it was actually, I was taking the bus to DC. I was walking from my home to Port Authority. And as I'm walking there, I pass by Whole Foods and there's a huge bunch of, okay, there's the regular garbage, but next to it in boxes, just sitting there is a bunch of like a lot, apples, oranges, bananas, eggplants. There are these boxes and boxes of still sealed pies. I didn't get any of the pies because they had sugar. I didn't want the sugar added. And besides, I fill up my bags completely. I'm swimming in eggplants, Apples, oranges, bananas. What else? Oh, a whole bunch of of the bulk food stuff, like nuts and seeds and things. Wow. I got like all these pepitas, which are um, pumpkin seeds, I think, and a whole bunch of almonds. And I'm like, so I'm going to DC, right? I'm on the way walking north, and I see that, and I fill up my bags completely, because and I'm I'm thinking I'm going to this kind of hoity-toity kind of affair, a VIP sort of thing. Actually, there's a big book launch, and on the bus down there. I don't want, like, I'm, I'm thinking, am I going to show up this thing with like all these bags <laughs> full of stuff? And uh, I'm like, yeah. And if someone asks, I'm going to tell them. So anyway, on the bus down, 
I pack the stuff up more, like I have more time. So I'm packing the stuff up and then there's a whole bunch of empty space now because I've packed it more densely in my bags. So the stuff I took all the way down to DC, I come back out. And when I walk back home, I walk by the same place. It's still there. Wow. And it was like freezing cold. So I'm like, it's been refrigerated. Yeah, sure. So I fill up the extra space. The next morning I was going to meet someone. That meeting gets canceled. I was like, you know what? I bet it's still there. So I walk up. It's still there the next day. Wow. So I got three loads of stuff. And I'm like, we live in a world where we devalue this stuff so much and we overproduce. We don't think about what we're doing Mm -hmm. that we're just is we're bulging at the seams. I, it, to me, I'm looking at cultural obesity of just like, uh, what's that word for muffin top? Yeah. It's like just bulging out. Yeah. And that's of the stuff that we like of the stuff that we don't like these 30 second things. I mean, the other garbage was like overwhelmingly much, much more. And oddly, that's what we should, I'd rather we produce overproduce food. If we underproduced all yeah, the other right, stuff, right. Yeah. We, we should, should produce a lot less of all of that. Sorry. I couldn't help, but it was like, it's, I haven't shared with many people because I don't know. It's not like I go around talking about how I pick up other people's throwing away their food. But anyway, yes, a lot of waste. And we pass, and there's like homeless people that have passed on the way who are hungry. Yeah. Disconnect. How do we connect that? How do we, how do we, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think we're going to try to reduce the amount of food waste as a family, which, which is hand in hand with the amount of garbage we produce. But um, I still think, you know, we could be more efficient about what we, what we produce, what we consume and, um, how we store it and just be, I think, I think make some gains there. So I don't know exactly how to quantify that. I'm, you know, I'd say just, we're going to reduce the amount of food waste. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. Actually last night, one of my solutions was I made sauerkraut and I'm, I put a whole bunch of the eggplants into the sauerkraut. And now that I got, so I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. But when you are, you're flooded with vegetables, when you join a CSA and suddenly if you don't, if you're not gonna let any of it go to waste, you're like, you learn about preserving and pickling and yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm curious if you mentioned doing stuff in the office is, is that something where you could apply what you got from the home life and apply it to the professional side? Yeah, I think I can. And again, I've got a, I've got a team here that our department sort of prides itself in being sort of the, I mentioned the term green team, right? And, but we could do better at that. And uh, some people outside the department roll their eyes. There's perhaps some people in the department that are kind of like, oh, I don't know what, what is this green team thing? But, but uh, you know, sort of pushing and trying to take, hey, I don't know if I mentioned, but we're, we're getting a new recycling contract. And, you know, what does that do? Are, is, it, is it actually being recycled? How is it being recycled? And what's our, what's our process for sorting and what's getting recycled? What are we producing? Are we, do we have to print all the tests? You know, can we print them on front and back? Um, or are we just being wasteful and printing on one? So little things like that. But when you talk about the thousands of, of students that we, well, you know, we have 4,400 students here and many of them pass through our, our classes. There are some, some things we can do um, as a department. Um, we're in the process of a major redesign of our facilities here. And we're talking 15, 20 years out. We're, we're at the end. So are, are we designing those facilities to take advantage of some of the technologies and, and practices that are really cutting edge, efficient, and, uh, and safe and, and making sure we're incorporating some of those into our design process. So lots of opportunities, both short-term and long-term to have an impact in the department here. And I think we have a culture that buys into that sort of thing here, but are we actually doing it? I think that's the question that we need to be asking ourselves. 
So what I propose that I think will answer that more than more accurately than you would have expected is still to you're talking about departmental action. I think if you do personal action, but in the office so that you're not requiring others to do it. I mean, it's, it's, I love hearing like, Oh, thousands of cadets over uh, decades timescale. That's big lever arms, but it's also, it's, it doesn't, it's not like a smart goal because it's not, it's, it's tough to make that specific and measurable, but you can change your behavior. And I wonder if you would want to take on, if you'd be up for taking on something, changing your behavior here in some way, whether it's official or not, whether other people notice it or not. Yeah. Mm, good question. Nothing's coming to mind. I'm, I'm kind of stumped right now. I, I could think something simple like reducing the amount of paper that I use. Um, yeah. Well, let me go back and say something. I didn't say to you this time, but I said to you last time, which is, this is not about solving the world's problems. Sure. Although it, it's about living by your values. It's about doing something because the way I've been saying it lately, if you want to play Carnegie Hall, you got to start with scales. I, I don't know if you have to, but it seems uh, probably most people do. If you're going to play piano at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. A scale is not even music. It's not even, it's a mechanical thing that is so devoid. It's not expressing yourself. And yet it emerges into that. And so this is really about a scale. This is about doing something. It's, it's about developing skills that I believe that once the skills are developed, then it's inevitable that you start applying them to the next thing. If it's acting, some, if you're acting on something that you care about, that, that you value, if, it, if you're doing scales on something you don't care about, well, it'll probably go away, but it's not how big the first thing is. It's if you develop a skill in it, which can be applied to the next thing. So if all you were to do was, if it was just like use one less piece of paper, that would, if that was something that got you to the next thing, I think, again, science is, as I said, science, people make science inaccessible by thinking it's, it has to be so big. Mm-hmm. Likewise, they, they think that acting on the environment, the, the key thing to me is acting, not at the beginning how big it is, because if you, it's, difficult to do the big things if you haven't done the small things. Whereas if you have done small things, the big, big things are no longer big. So here's something that comes to mind as, as you're talking about this. And it's, it, it is a, in terms of volume, it would be a small thing, but I think um, it would be something that, that I can do uh, that others would probably notice that I'd be doing, particularly my staff. Um, and that's really just reducing the amount of paper that, that I, that goes across my desk and really trying to, to migrate more of that just to electrons to keep it digital. Um, there, you know, it's easier to, to digitally sign things, assign and approve a lot of things. And, and so, uh, reducing, I have meetings that I go to where sometimes, you know, I, in the past I've, I've tended to, you know, print slides, although, you know, try to get multiple slides on a page, but print them out. Um, so I can take notes, but, but that's easier now with, new computer systems, I can actually do it actually easier now digitally. So not, not having, having my staff print those out for me. So I think there's some room there for improvement where I can reduce the amount of paper that I'm personally consuming. And I can certainly see that something that could catch on. So. Okay. Or dare I might suggest, and you know, your office best, but sometimes saying it's not necessary for the digital version either. True. Because, I mean, there's paperwork in terms of the physical paper that's a pain. Yeah. Also, it's a pain like... Time. It's time, right? Every piece of paper I have to look at and sign is, yeah. Yeah. The result is, now I'm thinking of when I coach leadership coaching with, with like one-on-one clients, delegating is hard to do. But once you delegate, it like frees you up from so much. And this is how I talk to them. And and they start getting enabled. And then you get promoted because they start doing things you used to do because they don't have to go to you for approvals and so forth. Right. And so the leadership coach to me is like, oh, here's an opportunity to start like enabling them to do stuff without coming to you all the time. Yeah. And then they get promoted, you get promoted, or I don't, I guess 
army promotions. It's like hard and fast rules, I'm sure. I don't know. But that's how I talk to others. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. But yeah, so I'll take that on. Try to reduce the amount of, primarily the amount of paper that I produce, and but also certainly looking for ways to reduce the amount of digital things I have to touch as well. So. Okay. So then that tells me we'll talk again. And that tells me to go to, to wrap this one up. Okay. And so I'd like to wrap up with, with two questions. Is, is there anything I didn't think to ask that's worth bringing up? And is there anything you want to say directly to the listeners? Nothing that I can, that comes to mind that, that you didn't think to ask. I think we've covered some great ground and been exciting. And, uh, for the listeners, um, yeah, let me just say if, if, uh, this is totally unrelated, but if you're ever in the area of West Point, come visit your military academy. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful, historic, fascinating place with 4,400 cadets and a lot of staff and faculty to make this place run. And it's, I think, a, a national resource, a national treasure, and and uh, and and it's it's accessible. I mean, you just great visitor center as you saw, and it's not too difficult to get on the installation and and take a tour or walk around yourself and and learn a little bit about the tremendous history and not just the history of the place, but what we're doing now to educate, train, and inspire these cadets to be future leaders in our in our army and our nation. Yeah, I took the bus from. So if you're in around New York, it's you take the bus from Port Authority and. It's a bit of urban stuff at the beginning, but then once you're up and you're here, it's beautiful. It's Hudson Valley, and there's like, it's the river's really beautiful here. It is. And so if they came here, I, I got a colonel signing me in. <laughs> if that's not there, you take a tour? Is that, the easiest way, the yeah. So anyone can get to the visitor center that's in Highland Falls. That's, there's no, you just, you can walk right in. You can actually, generally, if you have, if you're, if you have a, an official, like a driver's license or some passport or some sort of official government ID, you can, you can get an installation pass unless they occasionally security levels will increase, but, but you can, you can check in at the security desk in the visitor center and you can, you can gain access to the installation for non-US citizens. It can be, I think a little more difficult sometimes, but, but generally speaking, but I do recommend the tours are great. If you, you can catch a tour bus and take about an hour, I think it's about an hour, hour and a half tour and that you'll have a tour guide and it costs a few, few bucks to do that. But great way to get an overview of the installation and then you can you know come back on a walk around if you want to do that and can people come up and watch games they can yeah absolutely great there's always we're we're a division one school there's there are always uh you know there are always games going on i mean this is i think espn or someone rated us as one of the top football game experiences in the country you know it's a beautiful setting in the fall to come watch an army football game and the team's doing great so but any of the events hockey basketball rugby i mean there's those are fun to do as well. And, and it was absolutely open to the public. Well, Mark Reed, thank you very much. Josh, it's been a pleasure. I enjoyed it. As I asked before listening to this conversation, do you think Mark's family's done with their environmental action or just starting? How far do you think they'll get? I was curious that it felt like the jump from his acting in his personal life to applying the skills and experiences to his professional environment that that jump seemed bigger to him than I expected, which makes me curious to hear the results. West Point has long traditions. It might be that changing how they do things is hard. They won't be able to make much of a difference. It may be that the changes fall within their very basic values of service and stewardship. Maybe something else. Well, we'll have him back and we'll see. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge 
so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.